Hello and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here at The Field, we put love into action. We hope you are blessed by these previous sermons by Reverend Dr. Peter M. Wary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and Instagram at The Field CLT. and say this. Get that 
Make it. Don't know how you made it through, what you've been through, but I'm here to tell you things are not going to work. God is going to work out things. I wish I had a witness in this house. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Hallelujah, somebody. 
Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How many know we serve the God? I always tell folks, our God is God. Ain't no God like him. Ain't no God beside him. He's just God right by himself. So wherever you are, I dare you, just do it. Speak those things that are not as though they were. Throw your hands up on your sofa. Throw your hands up. Just one hand if you're in your car. Throw your hands up and tell him, God, I believe you're going to work it out. Oh, I ought to stop right there. You're going to work it out. Yeah, yeah, it's already done. That is to say, you, you speak it. When you speak it, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. Ah, God, I feel like preaching in here now. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch. One of the great gifts in the world. Mitchell Johnson has already set the stage, already laid the groundwork for where we are led by the Spirit today. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all ought to share this. You already know what God is doing, working it out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. From Peter, apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's chosen people who live as refugees scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. You were chosen according to the purpose of God the Father and were made a holy people by his spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be purified by his blood. May grace and peace be yours in full measure. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he gave us new life by raising Jesus Christ from death. This fills us with a living hope. And so we look forward to possessing the rich blessings, somebody say rich blessings, that God keeps for his people. He keeps them for you in heaven where they cannot decay or spoil or fade away. They are for you who through faith are kept safe by God's power for the salvation which is ready to be revealed at the end of time. Be glad about this. Even though it may now be necessary for you to be sad for a while because of the many kinds of trials you suffer, their purpose is to prove that your faith is genuine. Even gold which can be destroyed is tested by fire. And so your faith, which is much more precious than gold, must also be tested so that it may endure. Then you will receive praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. You love him, although you have not seen him, and you believe in him, although you do not now see him. So rejoice with a great and glorious joy, which words cannot express, because you are receiving the salvation of your souls, which is the purpose of your faith in him. 
It was concerning this salvation that the prophets made careful search and investigation and they prophesied about this gift which God would give you. They tried to find out when the time would be and how it would come. This was the time to which Christ's spirit in them was pointing in predicting the sufferings that Christ would have to endure and the glory that would follow. God revealed to these prophets that their work was not for their own benefit, but for yours. As they spoke about those things which you have now heard from the messengers who announced the good news by the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. These are things which even the angels would like to understand. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Verse 2. You were chosen. Somebody say chosen. According to the purpose of God the Father. And were made holy by his spirit. Would you pray with me for a few minutes this morning on this subject? Chosen and challenged. Let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The whole notion of what is called in politics and history American exceptionalism comes and goes with the waxing and waning of circumstance in the nation. American exceptionalism basically says that the United States of America is not only the greatest nation on earth, but that along with that greatness comes those who espouse this concept believe a providential favor, a special deference from God that ordains and guarantees the success of American ventures and assumes the superiority of American values, philosophy, and systems. And it's, it's this notion of American exceptionalism that's fueled the debate over so many things, especially these days. The debate about whether American exceptionalism, whether the empire is waning, whether America is exceptional enough not to lose what Ben Franklin challenged us, a, a republic, he said, if you can keep it. This cynical and racially tinged reasoning that is racism and injustice is interpreted in conservative circles as an admission that the other nation is on par or perhaps greater than the United States because this is a problem we just can't shake. Racially tinged. That's what's behind this nihilism, this rage, 
this panic of our current national moment, talking heads on TV and around the body politic can't figure it out how it is that a nation so favored by God, so exceptional and providentially positioned as ours, could be experiencing the kind of calamity we're going through. Have you ever wondered about it? They can't understand how it's possible for such a nation to be going through so much social upheaval and cultural conflict and racial and economic division. Can't buy food at the grocery store without mortgaging your house. But, but, but maybe most disturbing to some is how exceptional America could even consider change on a scale that would do some of the things that are now demanded of us. So in response, we've seen signs at gatherings like January 6th, we want our country back, and gatherings across the nation of various kinds, getting back to the Constitution. And January 6th, we saw signs that said, it's time to water the tree of liberty, an allusion to the 18th century revolutionary statement that the tree of liberty is watered with the blood of tyrants. So it is, the tree of liberty is watered these days with the blood of the innocent. How, how in America could this be? Folk are frightened and full of rage about our current national situation because, because they see a conflict, y'all, between being chosen and being challenged. I mean, if we're chosen, then other folk ought to be challenged, they think, not us. Behind the eyeballs, they think, because we're special, we ought to also be spared. They, they secretly think that our status as Americans entitles us to preferential treatment by God. That means we got a right to do wrong because even our sins are special. Sound like a lot of churches I know. So, so we got a right, they think, to expect success. Even when we do things that are at odds with success, we've got a right to be blessed, even though blessings of God have never been connected to your political pedigree or the incident of your birth. You can't earn them. You can't buy them. You don't deserve them. And when you get them, you act like they are the privilege of the privileged few. That this is, in fact, the struggle of every person who ponders what it means to be chosen by God. This was Israel's struggle and it's our struggle right now today. The struggle is what turns off a lot of folk who are suspicious of the church. You know, they wonder if God is so great, then why do his creations act so ugly? They wonder if Jesus is so real, why do his followers act so phony? They wonder if God is so loving, why does God allow so much evil in the world? They wonder if I'm chosen, why do I have so many challenges? Have you ever been there? 
That's the real question for today. That's really all I want to do. I want to answer that question before I go on back uh, to the post side of town. If I'm chosen, God. I mean, some days Israel woke up, Walter Brueggemann says, and they woke up and said, God, if we're chosen after all of this we're going through, can you choose somebody else for a while? If I'm chosen, why do I have so many challenges? Let me tell you, this text is instructive about why we have so many challenges. The question of theodicy or the justice of God is always before us because if the truth be told, we see a whole lot of things that we think are unjust. We struggled, uh, we struggled in Bible study this past two weeks. We're, we're, we're working on uh, three weeks. We're working uh, on a course for seven weeks called the battle for holiness. How many know that if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you got to live holy? One of our, one of our class members said, holiness or hell? <laughs> if, you want to live, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be a learner of Jesus, it is his word which challenges us that holiness without, you can't even see the law. So, so if we've been struggling with this matter of holiness because we've been programmed to think that holiness means how long your dress is if you're a sister, uh, whether you are buttoned down in a three-piece suit if you're a brother, whether you do this or don't do that, holiness has little to do with these superficial things that we account as holiness. Because how many know you can dress up the sin without fixing the sinner? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, that's cheap grace. No, holiness is not about the cheapness of our affect and the cheapness of our trappings. No, holiness has little to do with that. Peter says, 1 Peter is, is, this, is this letter introducing to us this concept in a new way of holiness. And y'all ought to join us on Wednesday if you want to know how to live holy. The first thing we thought about you know, when, we, when we started this this session, this course about holiness is if you want to get holy, first thing you got to do is fix your thinking. You got to fix your mind and decide you want to live holy. Now, now I know I done lost some of y'all already, but let me tell you this. Why is it, why is it uh, that if I'm chosen, why do I have so many challenges? Well, one of them is you done missed the holiness boat. You, you've given up on being holy. And so first of all, you have not realized that the position you're in is on purpose. Your position is on purpose. Listen to verse 2. Peter says, you were chosen according to the what? Purpose of God, the Father. And you were chosen according to the purpose of God, the Father. I ain't going to be here long. I just want you to know that this letter starts by announcing a paradox. Peter, he introduces the purpose and, and recipients of the letter as God's chosen people, listen to him, who live as refugees. Uh, not long ago, and, and right now in America, we've got governors gathering up poor, destitute, wandering people, putting them on buses and sending them places without their consent, flying them into another state just so they can score political points. Listen, that's refugees 
are people who live in exile. And the word is already signaling to us, we better be careful how we treat refugees. God is on their side. We ought to be careful how we treat folk who are down and out. Don't expect don't, don't be surprised when you run into the buzzsaw of God's judgment. No, the, the recipients, Peter says of this letter, are people who live as refugees. Refugees live in exile. Exile is a forced separation from your home of origin. So Peter then is he's talking, he's writing to God's chosen people who are living in places where they are surrounded by foreigners. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. He, he didn't say he was writing to refugees. Don't miss it. He said he was writing to people who had to live like refugees. This, this, this is a simile. Come on, you English majors. A simile is a comparison that uses like or as. Peter is comparing God's chosen people to folk who live around them but who are not necessarily chosen. He, he wants God's folk to know that they're strategically situated, that they are purposefully positioned. I, I know you're going through. I know you're being challenged. I know your nerves are racked. I know your eyes are filled with tears. I know the bags are under those eyes, but you are pur purposefully positioned. That's what Peter says. He says he, he's encouraging the chosen people of God so they will understand there is purpose for the position. Hear me. There is purpose for the position that you're in today. You, I know you're mad about it. I know you're sad about it. I just want you to know that you need to be about it because it's not without purpose. There's a purpose for the mess you're in. There's a purpose for the straits you're walking through. He, he encourages the chosen people so they would understand this. He also, he wants them to understand that your position today, listen to me, is just for today. That is to say, it's not your permanent place. That's what Peter is telling us here in this second verse. He's saying, you are here, you were chosen, listen, according to the purpose of God the Father, an esoteric, specific, pinpointed purpose that has a beginning and it has an end. So much of what you're going through is for you, but, but a whole lot of what you're going through, family, is for somebody else. Can I get a witness in this house? A lot of it is, is, is so that you will you will see God's glory, but, but so much of it is so that other folk can see the difference between you and them and, and be drawn closer to God by the power of your purpose. Listen, when folks see you going through and see you standing tall and see you, uh, see you winning instead of losing and see you persevering instead of quitting, it has an effect on others or oh, you ain't being fake the Lord has already told you you have a purpose your position is on purpose y'all 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 I love I love these these cartoons that are really cartoons you know supposed to be meant for children but they're really written for grown folk I love Madagascar. I love all of them. I wouldn't care if they made as many Madagascars as they have Star Wars. I, I Listen, there's a character in here called Melman. Melman is a hypochondriac giraffe. Y'all seen it? 
he's, he's convinced that he's dying, always dying. So he crawls into a die hole, he calls it, to, to wait on his final fate until suddenly the lemur king, who is my favorite, Julian, arrives to give him a pep talk. Now, Julian is a little lemur, and, and he's just... He's just as plucky and rude and blunt as he can be. So the scene is Melvin sitting in the Melvin sitting in the die hole, waiting to die, life full of regrets. And y'all, if I get to your street, just wave. But but when the lemur king comes along, Julian comes along, he tries to rally Melman's spirits. He he talks about how he wants to be a professional whistler or or to impose his will on other folk. Melman, he admits that he's he's never really told the love of his life, Gloria, the hippo, how he really feels about her. So Julian says, oh, you didn't tell me there was a woman. He got a little accent, you know. Uh, so, 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 so Julian, he's a, he's a wise counselor. So he tells Melman, what are you afraid of? You're a dead man anyway. Come on trying to get him out of his die hole, you know. And so Melman gets encouraged after Maurice has peeped the whole card that there's a woman involved. And so Melman gets encouraged and, and he agrees. Then Julian takes the giraffe by the horns and not getting Melman's attention or motivation or nothing, he tells him, you're going to march right up to this woman. You're going to look her in the eye, lean forward just a little bit away then you let her lean forward just a lips distance away from each other and then you just tell her how much you hate her actually it's more like love her Julian says oh 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 you slide dog you a real player you know that listen here summoning all his oratorical might Julian lays with accompanying amens from old Maurice who's standing behind him. You got to rise up. You hear me? Amen. You got to rise. You got to get out of that hole. You got to rise. Go right up to that woman. Amen. You got to go right up to her face. And you got to say, baby, I dig you. Melman gets out of the hole. He rises up and he says, I'm going to do it. Melman, he, he found out that where you are can have purpose. Y'all do know I wasn't really talking about the cartoon that he said he found out where you are really can have purpose as long as you understand you're not designed for the place you're in. You ain't nothing but a refugee there. I'm talking to some folk in the field who are living in a die hole right now. You are living in a die hole and feel like this is where you belong because you've been so you've been so much of a failure. You've had so many heartbreaks. You've had so many heart heartaches. You've had so many struggles. You've had so many financial trials. You've had so many educational setbacks. You've had so many mean people. Do you know there's some mean people in the world? You've had so many people come against you that you've come to feel like darkness is your native condition when actually you were never intended to live in a die hole. Can I get somebody to, to say I'm coming out? You were never meant to live in the die hole. You were never meant to be a dead end you were never meant to be a failure you were never meant to stay wherever you are I don't know where it is I don't know what it is I don't know how you got there all I know is if it's not 
in line with your purpose, you were not meant to be there. Your purpose, family, is the reason you get up in the morning. Your purpose is the reason God planted you on this earth. If your purpose is not being served by the hole that you find yourself in, you ought to shout right now because that ain't where God wants you. And if that ain't where God wants you, then what God's going to do is he's going to do what Mitch said. He's going to start working it out. What you got to get your mind around is enough patience and faith to just hold your hope till the Lord's perfect time comes. There's TikTok time and there's Kairos time. TikTok time says it's going to be seven more minutes and I'm coming out. Kairos time says I don't care when I come out as long as it's in God's time. How many know that when God's time comes nothing in your way can stop you. When God's time comes mean adversaries will be your footstool. When God's time comes then all the darkness in the universe cannot stop the light from illuminating your pathway. You were not designed to be in a die hole. The position that you're in, you wonder does God even like you? But your position family is on purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. You have a purpose in God's plan. Your position is on purpose. You're not in the hands of fickle fate. You're not in the clutches of fell circumstance oh no you are that one that Paul had in his sanctified imagination when he said for we know ain't much we know but this we know that God is the Greek says working everything out for the good of them that love him for they who are the called according to his purpose you are on purpose in the position that you're in it has a purpose y'all maybe you ought to spend some time asking the lord god what am i supposed to learn here i guarantee you that when you come out on the other side you're going to be stronger than you were when you went in hallelujah somebody your position family is on purpose Sometimes the purpose is above our pay grade, but you better just hold on. Your position is on purpose, and you know what? It's not just your position is on purpose. You weren't designed to be in a die hole, but, but your purpose has power. Listen to the B section of verse 2. The A section says, you were chosen according to the purpose of God the Father, watch this, and were made a holy people by his spirit. It's a, it's a startling reality, y'all, that folk who live on purpose have surrendered their own agenda. Here's where I'm going to lose some more, y'all. We, we all go through some times in life when we make our plans. We, we choose our destination. You know, we map out our journeys. I'm, I mean, we've been taught that, you know, this is responsible. The fact is that, that this is one mark of a person who lives on purpose, to be reasonable enough and responsible enough to plan our work and then work our plan. It's all right. I'm going to admit it. I'm, I'm sold out to the notion that a person has to have a plan. I may be the most serial planner I've ever met myself. Even, even Rick Warren 
in his book. If you've never read it, The Purpose Driven Life, you ought to pick it up. It's a, there's a devotional version of it that, that you can use as, as, uh, as meditation every day. The Purpose Driven Life, even Rick Warren advises. He says there's a virtue in, in, in charting what God's purpose for your life might be. Be. What, what a lot of folk miss, though, is the teaching that's offered here by Peter that when you live on purpose, your purpose has power. The power of living on purpose gets missed because when we're in the challenge, we don't feel powerful. We feel like we are confused or we feel like we're at the end of our rope or don't have, uh, don't have resources or don't have alternatives. But, but the power of living on purpose is that, is that when you live according to what God has ordained for you, you also live with the power, watch it, of godly provision. Rick Warren says, where God guides, God provides. I'm going to go further and say, what God ordains, God will sustain. Have I got any help in here? The power of your purpose rests in the fact that you really can't achieve holiness without the power of God. A spiritual Holy Ghost power, that's the key. You got to decide, make a decision. I'm going to live holy. And then Peter says, the power of the Holy Ghost comes alongside you as the paraclete, the helper, and helps you day by day, action by action, decision by decision to live holy. Justification when you give your life to Jesus happens right away. But sanctification, that day by day, step by step, mistake and success, failure and fondness for the future, all of that stuff comes and sanctifies you over time. Holy means set apart. It means dedicated to a specific godly purpose that later in the chapter Peter's going to challenge us to be holy why because the God we serve is holy you can do it listen to Melman you can do it later on you can get get out of your die hole just do it I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired I'm tired I'm over Christians I'm over Christians I'm really over Christians because a lot of Christians I'm seeing these days ain't worth nothing Ain't worth uh, the name, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about disciples, but I'm over the ones who have given up on even realizing that their purpose has power. They walk around weak and mealy-mouthed and cantankerous and complaining and, and vacillating and sniping and griping and moaning and groaning. No, I want to invite some disciples to get out of your die hole. And, and, and this kind of posture is really, really, it's, it's as radical as it seems, but, but you'll never reach your godly purpose. You will never do it without some radical power. Th this power, this radical power means there's always a scaffold of provision alongside every tower of human achievement. It means that God's power is going to be with you through every dark night of the soul. Every smothering challenge in your life is going to be infused with the life-giving wind of God's power just walking in his purpose just doing what he told you to do 
is not going to exempt you from problems. That's where a lot of us get off the boat. But it's sure going to give you power. When you walk in his purpose, you'll have power that you never dreamed of. It means that Jesus kept his promise that if you wait on him, he will give you power. He will give you power. I tell you, if you just realize that your purpose has power and that your per that your that, that your pain that your challenge that that your position has purpose and your purpose has power you'll realize that when the challenge comes you're not in this thing by yourself you'll find the power when you're down and out when you're exhausted and feel like you can't take one more step you will hear the writer of, of Isaiah say they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength you'll find new strength if you understand that your purpose has power now power is not something you're going to see like lights being turned on in the house. You know there's power when the light comes on but you can find out there's power when your feet keep walking. You ought to testify to the power when you wake up in the morning instead of giving up in death. You ought to know there's power when you keep on trying when all of the trying seems like it's been beaten out of you. You know there's power when you can still stand another day. You know there's power. There's evidence of power. It comes from above our pay grade. It's wonder working power. It's deity power. It's dunamis power. It's exousia power. Authority over the enemy and the world can't do you no harm. Your purpose has power because your purpose does not come from you. Your purpose comes from God. What is your purpose? Why were you placed on this earth? Why do you get up in the morning? Well, you ought to get up in the morning and know that morning by morning, new mercy I see. Great God is your faithfulness to me. I am on purpose. I'm living on purpose. I'm struggling on purpose. I'm fighting on purpose. I'm learning on purpose. I'm climbing on purpose. I'm opening opening doors on purpose. I'm bearing burdens on purpose. I'm dealing with adversaries on purpose. It's not just to vex me, just to buffet me, not a thorn in my flesh, but it is God's purpose being worked out in my life. I'm so glad this morning that I'm living on purpose. I, I'm so glad that, that I'm positioned for purpose, that I'm not here struggling just because some evil whim of serendipity has knocked me down again. I, I'm not here in the situation I'm in just because I'm destined to be disappointed. No, I'm positioned where I am on purpose, y'all. And I know that the one who's got me here is with me in the struggle because he's working it out. That's what Mitchell told us. He's working it out for the good of them that love him. For they who are called according to his purpose. Let me tell you something, family. When you walk in his purpose, you ain't got to worry about your purpose. He will take care of you. 
I heard the Welsh missiologist Leslie Newbigin say in a book called A Word in Season, he said the church is God's business. We got no right to worry about it. Can I tell y'all something? Your life is God's business. You ain't got no right to worry about it. When you wake up in the morning and the burden is still there, I dare you to throw up one hand and tell God, thank you. I don't see it yet, but it means you're working. I dare you when you get down to the river and you're tired of being tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired. I dare you to dance right there because that's where grace, that's where power will meet you. You praise God because you don't have the might to overcome the enemy. Yeah, but I'm so glad that I am living in my purpose and my purpose has power. I'm so glad God is using me. When you get there between the rock and the hard place, thank the Lord because he's using you. He's building your testimony. He's building your power. He's building your vision. Listen here, y'all. You'll never learn how to love an enemy until you get one. Yeah! You'll never learn how to trust in Jesus until you've been in some hard times. So when the desert seems like it's gonna take you under, just praise him there for some cool, clear water. I dare you, I dare you to purposely live. I dare you to praise on purpose. When you praise on purpose, he comes to your rescue. When you praise on purpose, it is an expression. It's an act of faith. I'm praising him now, even though I don't see it yet. Yes, 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 he's good. I'm praising He's God. He's got it. He's able. When I'm not, I'm gonna stay here until my change comes. I'm gonna stand when I've done everything that I can do. Yes! 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 Yeah! Cause I know He will come see about me. I will serve him. I will trust him. I will worship him. I will praise him. He's able. Yes!
tired of hearing disciples say, I don't know, I just have a lot of bad luck. You are positioned on purpose. Whoever told you that God is obligated to explain your position? fact is its own purpose we know it because Peter and Paul have already told us that where we are is by God's spirit your purpose has power you're not nearly as weak as you feel Oh, you ought to be able to praise him just for that. Because when you feel at your weakest, that's when he is strong. I want to invite somebody to know him. I want, to, I want to engage you in an act of faith. Wherever you are suffering, just do it. Just do it. Release your hold on having it your way and just give him thanks. Right there. I heard Pastor Janine McBath say, wonder what you would do if all you had tomorrow, if all God would allow is the things you thanked him for today. Give thanks, y'all. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One Whatever shape you're in, give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now, come on, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor declare, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what Lord has done. Oh, think back for us. 
you're challenged as you get your mind right give this a try you've tried everything else let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus don't be conformed to the mess you're in let Jesus transform you Romans 12 2 by the renewing of your mind why don't you give your life to him today all you've got to do is it's a hashtag in the in the comment bar just put that in there field me CLT just put in there I want to know Jesus however you can express it just say it that's the most important thing and then we'll invite you into a family a church family where your life will never be the same why don't you come because of what he's done for us Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, thoroughgoingly changed. This is an opportunity. Don't let it pass by today. You can be a part of the field. You can be saved and a part of the field, whatever it is, right where you live in any country in the world. We've got... We've got partners and disciples of the field all across the world. You can be a part of this family. Come on. Come on in. Pray with me. 
pray after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, the many wrongs I have done. I need you as my Savior. I am powerless to save myself. In the name of Jesus, amen. There is done. Wasn't that something that was easy? Now comes the important part that goes with it. Give your life in discipleship, study, worship, grow, serve, give. These are the hallmarks of somebody who can weather it being chosen and challenged. This is your opportunity today. Thank God for you who have made the decision. Come on, let's get ready to leave this holy place. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, that all of God's people who are chosen and challenged say amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue to walk with God. 
If you're looking for a church home, the field is not confined by the four walls of the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of this global family, simply click the link.